interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The Michigan Football League's first and only talk show. Cut! Oh my God! Oh. Between the cones. Cut! Oh, now we're about to guard you. Watch out! Watch out! Begins now. Right side! back where we started aren't we welcome back to another episode of between the cones my apologies it's been many moons since the last time we met a lot of stuff has gone down in league just minor stuff we had a draft a couple draft trades some drama mixed in of course since this is basically just the drama club Teams are officially set. We ordered jerseys. We're now moving towards the spring. And league, it's right around the corner, folks. Right around the corner. Oh, golly. We got a great show for you here today. Really just stellar. I know I know everyone heard that intro. Brand new intro to the show. Super excited about that. And we got a lot of cool guests. Today's episode will be titled Downright Disrespect. We'll have several guests, one representing every single team here today, including 69ers quarterback and first overall draft choice Nick Downs. How about that one? Should set the league on fire. I know everyone's excited to see him play. We've got Sailors Captain Ali Baydoun in studio. We'll talk to him about his draft, some of the uh, movements that have happened within the Sailors organization. We've got the Washington football team's captain, Josh Gilmore, going to break down his selections, why he feels comfortable with the team that he selected, why he doesn't care about the outside noise. Trojans captain Joe Caselli finally joins the show. It's been, I know the last show, it was a lot of Joe hate um, for whatever reason. I don't know who could hate Mr. Caselli. We've also got in studio, longtime friend of the show. Speaking of Joe Caselli, we got Bryce Baumgart who's going to come and talk about the Toads draft. I didn't really have much say in the draft, to be honest. I was in the draft pre-process for the Toads, and Bryce was there all by his lonesome on in the war room on draft night. Called every single shot that night, except for maybe one. We've also got Sunlaws receiver Dylan Brown coming on into studio, another longtime friend of the show. He's going to break down exactly his impact on the draft, why he selected who he selected, and why the Sunlaws really feel confident in both sides of the ball coming in to uh, this year. And finally, kind of capping off, we've got Vipers captain Hudson Shields. There's been some turmoil within the Vipers organization. We're going to talk to Mr. Shields about exactly what that is about. Also, new colors for many teams. We'll break that down as well coming up later in the show. We're going to send it to a quick commercial real quick. When we come back, we got Dylan Brown in studio. Sit tight. This is Between the Cones. 
Summering with Dunkin's new Sunrise Batch Coffee. TD Perks members enjoy a medium Sunrise Batch hot or iced coffee for $2. Not a member? Join today. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Show now is longtime friend to the show between the cones. Sun Laws, I don't know what to call him, captain, receiver, co-captain, secret GM, Illuminati member, Dylan Brown. Dylan, thanks for joining the show. Mr. Crum, it is an absolute pleasure and an absolute honor to be on the show. Dylan, we, we love having you on because you always keep it real with us. You, you always exactly. keep it real. I, I feel like that's the only way to do it. So speaking of keeping it real, Dylan, you guys went with what might be one of the bolder picks of the first round. You went with the quickest high riser of the entire draft. At number three, you went Ray Smith. Talk us through what went through that process. When you look at what happened last year with Olette joining the Sailors and him just kind of catapulting them to be the best team in the league, you kind of realize you need athletes in the league to win. And we think Ray is, if not the best athlete in the league, so, when we had the opportunity to get him at three, we had to jump all over it. What was the process like for you guys? Because you obviously, you pulled the first pick on draft night. And then there was a lot of movement. What went into all that movement? Um, Like, as for our next two picks? No, well, you guys, you guys won the draft lottery. You had the first pick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and then you dealed down, or you, you dealt down with the Sailors, right? Yep. And then you're sitting at five and you realize, okay, we got to get back up. Was Ray the reason why you guys had to get back up? Well, when we traded down from one, we traded back to three. And we kind of knew that there would be a guaranteed top three, like pool of draft eligible players. So we knew falling from one to three wasn't going to be that huge of a drop off in talent. And then being able to pick up that extra second round pick was was absolutely huge for us. So you guys kind of, you know, when you held that first overall pick, right, you and yeah. Ryan Zier have been very vocal about how much you support your quarterback, Cole Fleming. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there at the first pick, at least for the first 48 hours, and you see Nick Downs at the top. Was there any temptations to kind of just pull the trigger and stay at one and take Downs? Obviously there was because, I mean, Nick Downs is – He's an unbelievable quarterback. He's going to tear up the league, and he's going to be very, very good for the Niners. But when you looked at our roster with me, Cole, and Ryan Zare, it's not exactly the most athletic group of uh, of guys I've ever seen. So we kind of knew going into the draft we needed athletes. So let me fast forward three picks, right? Brenny goes right after Smith, someone yep. who everyone thought you guys were going to take. Mm-hmm. Right. Garrett Geyer goes, you're sitting on the board. You got Braden Webb staring you right in the eyes. Now you passed up on, on some premier talent to take Braden. Obviously Braden is a superior talent himself. What went into picking Braden over say someone like Vespasiani? Well, we thought Braden and Vespasiani were really good in their own respective areas. Vespasiani is going to be, he's going to be a really good corner for the, uh, for league who took the sailors took him. Yeah, he's gonna be really good. Yeah, he's gonna yep. be a really good corner for the Sailors. But we uh, we really like Braden's athleticism, and we think he's gonna pair very well with Ray. And um, on draft day, before we took Ray, I, I texted Ray personally and asked him um, 
if there's anybody else in the league who he uh who he thinks we should take with our next pick and he said Braden Webb. So that was another huge factor into into taking Braden. Very, very interesting. Dylan, so when you look at this receiving core now, right? Just looking at the top two picks that you took. Mm-hmm. You got Ray Smith, you got Braden Webb. Arguably has the potential to be the best duo in league this upcoming season. I mean, it, it is a nuclear arsenal. Do you feel confident handing that nuclear football to Cole Fleming to access? Yeah, 100% without a doubt. Because, listen, I, know. I, mean, I mean, Cole Cole had a good season last year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, his track history does not match up, simply put. See, I think there's a huge difference in Cole's performance when he cares versus when he doesn't. When he was on the Sunfins and it was kind of just go out there and just goof around and play your football, that was that was the old Cole. But he got to the Arnies, Matt Yeager, credit to him, fixed him up, got him in the got him on the practice field, and Cole took it seriously. And you kind you saw that that drastic improvement last year, and we, we think Cole's going to be just as committed, if not more, and more fired up to do good. So yeah, I was going to say we are everyone... very confident in Cole. Everyone saw the improvement. You saw it firsthand when he when he led that ninety yeah, yard yeah, 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 yeah. touchdown all right, drive. All right, all right, all right. We don't got to talk about that. <laughs> all right, so it's, then we fast forward another six picks. Right, you're picking three, you're picking six, you're picking nine. You take in the top ten, Colin Marincelli, ninth overall, to complete your kind of corner trio, if you will. Yep. Obviously, you are a massive Marincelli fan. What'd you see? In uh, in Mr. Colin, well, Colin is he's one of the more underrated athletes in the league. Like no one, no one gives him credit for how athletic he is. Like he's one of the fastest people in the league. He can jump higher than pretty much anybody in the league. And I mean, he's he's very sticky as a corner. Like he is very sticky on receivers. The only person that he really had trouble guarding last year was um was Paul, but. Fortunately for us, he's not in league this year. Do you view those top three as your top three, not only cornerbacks, but also starting receivers? Yeah, as our starting receivers and starting corners, those those are going to be our three three athletes, without a doubt. So then you basically, you guys got three picks in the top 10. You don't pick 10 through 20. Next time you're on the clock is 26. You take Andrew Wake now. Now, this is an interesting story. This is someone who kind of came out of the woodworks a little bit. Someone who's not really well-known, didn't didn't perform at the Combine. Was it kind of just a shot in the dark? Like, What, what do you envision uh, Mr. Wake Nell's role being on the Sunlaws? You know, I'm not going to lie, Jack. The Vipers offered us that trade, and we had no idea who we were going to take. Me and Ryan looked up Andrew Wicknell's Instagram, saw he was pretty big, and we took him. That was the only reason. Just the eyeball test. Yep. And then you turn around another three picks later, take Mr. Irrelevant, Jay Nama. He was a quarterback that came out in the draft. Had an all right combine performance. Actually was at the combine with Ray Smith and Braden Webb. Connection there. Do you view him as kind of the backup quarterback to Cole, kind of a learning role this year? Um, maybe not the backup, but he's definitely gonna 
he'll get some playing time behind Cole. But I do want to want to backtrack to Andrew Wakenell. I think he could be an absolute steal. Like the quad father, he could be an absolute steal in the fifth round. Kid's an athlete. Well, if there's one term to describe your team, it is athletic. Do you envision your original starting three, you, Cole Fleming, and Ryan Zier, you kind of picture yourselves as, what, mentors, coaches, rotational players? What do you, like, what's kind of the vision here? Uh, Well, I think me and Ryan will get some playing time, not a lot. Cole's obviously our starting QB, so he's going to play, but me and Ryan, we've talked, and um, we both want to get a ring this year. So we are more than fine with taking a back seat and letting uh, Ray, Braden, Colin, and uh, Wake Nell run the offense and defense. So you mentioned ring, right? Yep. So you are going to be going up against probably some pretty good teams this year. Right. These, these rosters, they're pretty stacked. They're mm-hmm. pretty stacked. They're stacked starting out. When you look up and down at league, who's really the couple teams that kind of catches your eye just just based off rosters alone? Just based off rosters alone. Well, first team I got to talk about is probably um, Trojans. They have – I don't – was he the MVP in Ryan Ouellette? I think he has to be. Yeah, I think those awards are coming out soon. I don't know who else would even. Yeah, I mean, he was definitely the most electric player last year. Yeah, dude's a freak. Changed the entire outlook of league. Joe Caselli gets a horrible rap by league. Joe is absolutely, he's a fantastic defender. He does have to work on the hands a little bit, but he's a really good defender. Is this some rare Joe love on the show? Joe gets, Joe gets way too much hate. Joe. Joe is a good player. People do not give Joe enough credit. He's he's very he's very humble too. Very humble guy. <laughs> yeah, Joe. I don't, I don't Joe's care definitely anyone very says. So when I when I think of Joe Caselli, I think this guy is humble. <laughs> All right, so the Trojans, right? You know they got some pretty good pieces. Boyer, Geyer, bringing back Luke Every, who I think is one of the better quarterbacks in all of league. Anyone else catch your eye when you're looking up and down the stat sheet here? Definitely the Vipers. They got um, Hudson, Matt, Caruso. I mean, just that three, that's an iconic trio, an iconic league trio. So that should be a fun fun team to watch. And they also got uh, the newbie Dylan Fleming. Bryce was talking about him since he saw him play in the fall. Uh, they have two former Salem QBs. I, I, they'll be a fun team to watch. Also got Ryan Hines very late in the Ryan draft. Hines, surprisingly. I, about, I keep forgetting about him. That that was the best pick of the draft, without a doubt. When you saw Hines falling, did you ever consider trying to package twenty nine and twenty six to move up? Well, we that was a trade. We only had twenty eight, and then the Vipers just offered us twenty six. Mm. So we only had twenty eight left. So we couldn't have traded up for him. We were just praying he somehow fell. Very very interesting. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good teams this year. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see you guys. I think you guys have a very, very high uh, very high roof that you can uh, possibly live up to. Yeah, I think our potential is 
very, very high. We just got to we got to count on our rookies performing, and I think they will. Well, Dylan, any uh, closing statements as we kind of inch closer to another commercial break? Um, you know, I kind of like Matt's statement, the trend laws. That was – Wait, like what did he say? He called us the trend laws when Bryce sent him the picture of Wake, Nell, and Ray. Oh. It's not a bad name. Kind of a 180 from the mid-laws, huh? It is a little bit, yeah. He's calling us the mid-laws in the offseason. Now he's calling us the trend laws. Interesting. I wonder if you'll get the opportunity to face off against that team relatively sooner than one might think. Well, Dylan, that's all the questions I got for you here today on Between the Cones. I'd like to thank you for uh, for coming on, giving us a little bit of insight into the war room and, and what went into uh, your selections this year. Jack, thank you for having me, man. It's always a pleasure talking some league football. Always a pleasure, always a pleasure. Folks, stay right with us. We're going to send it to commercial break. We come back. We got Mr. Bryce Baumgart in studio. Stay right with us. Dylan, thanks again. Jackie, thank you. Man, these end zone dances, they gotta go. They're disruptive. They're undisciplined. Papa John's pizza for Jerry Jones. Call mm. Papa John's for pizza pie. Fresh taste so good. You can't deny it even makes Jerry Jones. This season, get a Cowboys Unlimited Combo for just $11.99. That's a large Papa John's pizza with unlimited toppings and a Pepsi 2-liter for $11.99. What? Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Mm. Joining the show now, another longtime friend of the show, Mr. Bryce Bumgart of the Toads organization. Bryce, thanks for coming on. What's up? Happy to be here. Well, I'm glad that you are. I want to kind of you know, preface this, uh, this interview with, let's try and keep it on topic. Okay. Mr. Bumgart, no talk of any, uh, football teams in Dallas, no talks about uh, certain Trojan players. I I understand. I understand. Let me just make this very clear. God, right here, right now, before we get into whatever you're going to ask me, all I got to say is this next year, will actually win the Super Bowl, not even messing around this time. That next year is the year. And our, also, Arkansas is winning March Madness. So you can book those right there. Okay. So Yeah, yeah that's what I got. So, Bryce. Like the Cowboys. That's, that's all I got. We're going to win. So, Bryce. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was very uh... – it was very quiet. Um, what? So, Bryce, the the toads, you just you just cracked a can of something. What? <laughs> drink, you drink like some Coke or something? Wait, you heard that? Yeah, everyone heard it. <laughs> what is it? Coke, Sprite? It's it's um, yeah, something like that. Okay. Uh, so Bryce, <laughs> the the toads ended up pulling uh number five in the draft lottery this this past uh season you guys use that fifth pick along with troy aiken to deal up all the way to number two how did that go down walk me through it well first of all troy was number five throughout everything because that was his number in football and basketball so fifth pick and troy kind of go together so, you know, we just had to include Troy on that one. And we and we asked John, 
he goes, I texted Sean, I was like, uh, Troy and uh, pick five for two and 13, I think it was. And Sean was like, at first, let me talk to Ben. And then he, five minutes later, he comes back and goes, it's a deal. And Jack, I was literally with you when this happened. And you go, I go, I think we should trade. You're like, what do you think? You Then you looked at me and go, you're nuts. And I was like, okay. And, then, and you're like, you know what? Let's do it. So then that's how, that's what happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. Now, now then we get the second pick and we get the rest of the picks and the rest is history. That's, that's just what we got. And uh, we, we we actually wanted that first pick, um, but we couldn't get it. So, you know, that's what we got. So with that second pick, you guys, or well, I guess we moved up and uh, drafted Preston Long. This is someone that you have had connections with the last couple years. What do you think Preston brings to the table? He brings competitive spirit. He, he's a competitor. He, he He's been up there, he's been playing for a while. Cannon Lions, uh, Plymouth. You know, he just he knows what he's doing. He can play, flat out play, flat out player. He he can play anything. That that's just he's gonna be he's gonna be good. We know that. So yeah, and and then so I think it's it's important to kind of say beforehand this was your this was your draft room. This was you were calling the shots completely on draft night. I was announcing the picks. Um. Pretty much every oh, yeah. single one of these picks was was your decision, correct? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we we laid out the draft board ahead of time, but you were the one that were call, that was calling it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the one making the picks. We had, uh, you know, great play. You know, we originally wanted uh, Ryan Okorowski at thirteen, and then Nate Kane was falling. I was like, whoa. And so then we took him at uh, 13, and then Okorowski was there at 17, and we're like, what is this? Is this they're just handing us these players? So, yeah, I mean, that's just really great draft. Got great players. It's going to be good. So, yeah, with Nate, I know for a fact that quarterback was not really a spot that we had discussed much in the pre-draft process. Uh, what was your reaction when Nate kind of fell right into your lap? Well, as soon as he was there, I was—I knew we, we were going to pick him because, I mean, when someone like that falls down at pick thirteen, you got to take him. Uh, I don't know why no one else took him. It must have uh, not been—I uh, don't know—I don't know why, but he was there, and he's a toad, and that's just—he's a toad now. That's all I got to say. He's a toad. And then we kind of already talked about Okorowski. And then at 21, 23, you take sleeper the two. Sleeper player right there. Yeah, I, I, I agree big time. I think he's going to be a big time uh, slot corner. And then at 21, 23, you take uh, two former Toads, uh, Cody Bartos and Owen Fleming. What are your thoughts on those two guys to kind of tail out the end of the draft? Oh, yeah, both those guys, great players, great guys. Give it their – they play hard. You know. They they know how to win. So everybody, all seven of these guys on this team are winners, and that's what's going to make us uh, better than everybody else. But we had to go one week at a time and just uh, do our thing. So 
So yeah. let's let's talk about everybody else, shall we? Well, to be honest, I don't really care about what the other teams do or who they beat and who they win. All I care about is when we're playing the team, we're gonna go out there and they're gonna give it, get it. We're gonna they're gonna get a piece of it. They're gonna remember the toads. They're, they're they ain't gonna. It's not gonna be no picnic where they just go out there hang seventy points up. I want honestly. I hope that we don't give up any touchdowns to some of these teams. That's how good the defense needs to be. We're gonna have a. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be beautiful. We're gonna bring it. And so, but, the, but all right, the other teams, they got some guys that can play. They got some good players. Um, honestly, I'm gonna say it right here. I'm gonna predict it right here. We will be playing in the championship game against the 69ers. That will be your championship right there. So you think very highly of the 69ers? Yes. I, I think they're good. They, they got great player. They got Troy. He's going to go. He's going to go hard. They got the winner doesn't turn the ball over. Sean, Sean's going to step it up this year. You know, last year, I don't really think he liked the team he was on. So uh, he sort of – he was talking to me during the games last year and didn't really care. So I was just <laughs> like, what's up, Sean? <laughs> ben, ben, same thing. Ben, same thing. <laughs> only show games last year. But now with Sean, he's going to all of them. I just know what he's going to do. They're, they're going to. Ronald, Ronald, Ronald. Oh, what a guy. He's going to he, – he's another winner. He just wins Justin whatever Bendy. he does. He's going to win. He's going to win that. He is going to – he's going to be a big difference maker in that team. He's gonna, you know what? I could see him going to, to win the MVP. So, Bryce, the person that we had on just prior to you was Dylan Brown. We talked about a little bit about the Sunlaws. What do you? What's the what's the Bryce outlook on the Sun Laws? Uh, they got some speed. That's about. That's they got some speed, and um, they got a player on that team that uh, is. Uh, let's just say, doesn't like to play physical, and that's Colin. So yeah, and, and he <laughs> that'll be a downfall to their team right there. All right. Uh, how about? But it'll be it'll be a tough game. They, they got some speed. They can match up with us. We'll make the rounds here. Why not? How about the Trojans? They they had a pretty good draft. I mean, they only had two selections, but they still, you know, those two selections were pretty good. I'm not going to talk about that team. They'll see us on the field. <laughs> okay. How about the Vipers? The 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 enemy of the Toads for so many years. Yeah. Every time we play them, it's a competitive game and hard fought game. But they they never beat the Toads, so. We got to keep that going. They blow out everybody by seventy. Then when they play the Toads, it's a whole different ball game. And then, how about our final two: the Plymouth football team and the Sailors? Yeah, we'll see what they can do. Uh, they got some decent players over there, so you never know what they can do. So every game we got to come to play. So let's kind of bring it back to the Toads real quick. Do you believe that there will be a quarterback competition? And if yes, who do you think it'll be between? I don't know. That's uh, that's uh, Captain and the uh, other Jack Crumb. Your uh, decision on that one. So 
<laughs> You're calling the shots. It's it's sure so, as hell as it might. So, decision, so I mean, I, so I mean, if you, whatever you want to do, I I don't care. I'll play receiver. I'll play any position. I can play any position out there. So oh, that is whatever, such whatever a you want. Whatever you want. Anybody. We got like four. four, four but you could be a QB too. So we don't know what we're gonna do. So I don't know. Bryce, what do you think defense makes the, is gonna be lethal? What do you think makes the Toads just? undoubtedly the best team ever in the history of league. Pete, that's what we do. We compete more than everybody else. And, you know, the other teams, they know how to, and that's what we know how to do. Now we got three new guys on this team that really So, yeah. We'll be ready. Bryce, after, play hard. after, last, Bryce, after last year with the uh, – with the incidents that occurred on the Gators team, how hungry are you to kind of get back on the field with, especially with an actual team this time? Well, you know, honest, well, actually, to be honest, you said I haven't ate in a while, so I got to go eat something real soon. So, but yeah, we'll be hungry uh, to go out there and play. And uh, it's going to, it's going to be, all right, Bryce, before I let you go and go uh, go let you get that food, describe the toads in three words. This year's 2022 summer toads. Describe the in three toads words. in three words. Three words? Yep. Yep. Like, what's the mentality of the team going to be in three words? The mentality of the three, team in three words. Uh, I'm going to go with mm, – let's go with uh, – let, let me think here. Uh, sure, take your time. Physical and competitive. Fast, physical, Those competitive. Those are the three right there that we're going to have. Well, that's just fantastic. Bryce, any last uh, words before I let you go here? Yeah. Um, it's about Joe Caselli. Um, oh, God. I'm looking forward to playing him the, the most this year. It's going to be absolutely electric when we play. And all I know is you got to get the cameras out for that one because it's going to be – oh, it's going to be it's gonna be beautiful. That's all I get. It's going to be well, raining touchdowns for the Toads. We're going to be that jumping game will be in all prime time. Yeah, yeah. That's prime time game. Big, one. big game, big, big play, uh, Toads. Let's go. All right. Well, Bryce, we appreciate you uh, coming on. Everyone listening, stay tuned. We're going to send you to commercial break. We come back. Hudson Shields in studio. Bryce, thanks again for oh, joining Hudson, us on the show. Oh, Hudson, let's go. Let's go, Toad. Hey, anything else I got? Hey, anything else you want me to say? No, that's uh, that's just about everything. That's just about everything. Thanks, Bryce. All right, I got one more thing to say, actually. Okay. I just have to say that um, we will – actually, I don't have anything else to say. So, all right, I'll see you. All right, thanks for coming on, Bryce. Everyone uh, stay tuned. Interview with Hudson and uh, go Toads. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back right after see this commercial later, break. Bye. What's going on, guys? This is Paul Schmidt, wide receiver and cornerback for the Sunfins. 
and I'm here to talk to you about Nalgene water bottles. When I'm out there catching passes and scoring touchdowns, there's nothing more important than keeping my body hydrated, and the Nalgene water bottle does that to perfection. From sizes 6 ounces to 96 ounces, there's one for the whole family. So visit your local Target or check out Amazon or Nalgene.com. Fins up, baby. the show now 2017 rookie of the year 2018 mvp 2020 offensive player of the year mr hudson shields league legend how are we doing i'm doing great jack how are you you know hudson i'm doing great just got off the phone with bryce so it's a it's a relief to uh talk to someone who doesn't ramble <laughs> i get that so hudson let's dive right in here the the vipers you guys had a very interesting draft lots of movement uh, lots of newer pieces. Um, you started out by trading back from number five to number 10. What kind of went into that decision to kind of deal up from seven to five and then five back to 10? Um, to be honest, we did that because I think we were a little bit unlucky with uh, how the draw went and we didn't have many good picks. So I think the idea was to make up for that, have more picks, get uh, more good players versus a couple good players and then some shitty players. So you guys ended up trading back to 10 and you took Dylan Fleming. This was someone who was really interesting at the combine, uh, definitely an athlete. What do you kind of see in Fleming? Um, so I know he's really good for my brother. And actually my mom even was like, you should draft Dylan. He's really good because she obviously sees him play all the time. Uh, I Lawson told me once that I think Bryce asked Lawson to ask him to play. So if Bryce thinks. So then you guys moved back or then you guys, obviously you came up to pick four picks later. You took Avery Satterley. This was someone who had a very good combine, particularly at the quarterback position. He was the same mm -hmm. day as the first overall pick, Nick Downs. And honestly, he threw the ball pretty similarly. What do you see in Satterley? Um, I, he obviously can play quarterback, which is a good asset. I think he's an athlete. So if he's not playing quarterback, he can play receiver or whatever. Uh, what I like about him is I think he's a DB. And I think that's something that we were missing at the time because uh, obviously you got me, you got Caruso and uh, Matt's really good, but obviously he's a little bit on the shorter side. So then if there's some, a hype matchup, we'll put Caruso on the tallest guy and then Avery will be uh, athletic enough to handle whoever's left over. So does that mean that you kind of envision Dylan Fleming is kind of an offensive threat or do you kind of see him rotating in depending on matchups for defense? Um, as of now, he's mostly an offensive threat, but uh, if need be, we can audible and have anybody play anywhere. I think we drafted well enough where everybody on this team uh, besides Lawson, cause he's a bum can do anything. So, so actually, you brought up my next point here uh, from 14. You Obviously, your next pick was at 18. You took Lawson Shields, your younger brother. Was that kind of a homer pick, or do you have uh, a vision of what you want from Lawson? Um, so definitely somewhat homer, but I know how good he can be. 
And I think it will help kind of build team chemistry with obviously Avery and Dylan, since they're all friends. Uh, and I think good team chemistry can go a long way. So that was kind of the idea behind that. So the most important position, arguably, uh, could be quarterback, right? You have Satterley, <laughs> who has proven he can throw the ball. Dylan Fleming threw the ball a little bit at the Combine. You obviously won Offensive Player of the Year by playing quarterback and then Lawson, who was a quarterback last year. Is this kind of like, do you have any idea who's you know starting at corner or at quarterback? Is it going to be it's going to be Denny training camp type thing or rotation? Like what's going to be Denny? We're committed to Denny at quarterback. Denny at quarterback, twenty eighth. Soko, Soko. He's very mobile. Um, that's why we traded a bag of chips for him, and uh, I think he can get the job done. Interesting, interesting. So I guess a, a kind of a wait and see situation then. Uh, Danny. <laughs> okay, so you can book uh, it right now. Uh, <laughs> the odds should be that he's winning Offensive Player of the Year because of his quarterback skills. That they should be in his favor. All right, so so we kind of talked about Denny. How about mm-hmm. at twenty two? Were you kind of surprised that Ryan Hines kind of fell that that far? I mean, he was up until Ryan Olette came on the scene, he was probably you know in the Rookie of the Year conversation last year. <laughs> um, what's funny about that is I think Caruso and Matt wanted me to draft him where we drafted Lawson. And I honestly thought someone else already drafted him. So I was like, no, shut the hell up. We're taking Lawson. And so we took Lawson and then the next pick came around. I remember calling you and they're like, get Ryan. And I was like, there's no way he's still available. And that's when I asked you if he was. And yeah. so then that was kind of a lock. Interesting. So that kind of caps off your drafted team how are you feeling did the draft kind of go according to plan or like what's the what's the general (laughs) feeling within vipers uh hq um well draft night that so that was my that was on my birthday so i wasn't really like focused on the draft until like i don't know maybe an hour beforehand uh i had an idea who i wanted and i actually some of the trades i made uh, was in order to tra- trade up and get uh, Ray. That's who I thought was going to be available at the Sailors pick. And so I kind of like fucked over Ollie, my friend Ollie. I love Ollie, but I had to do what I had to do uh, in order to trade up. And then I started to panic a little the night before. I'm like, what if we don't get Ray? And that's when I texted or I called Luke and I was I set up an, a trade, a situational trade in case he wasn't there to trade back. And I knew right when I got on the Zoom call and Bryce started giggling and he said, ha ha, Dylan, I know who you're taking. <laughs> I knew I knew Dylan was taking Ray. So then that's when I started texting uh, Luke again and uh, uh, made that trade. So we adapted well, uh, but the original plan was Ray. I heard a rumor that when Ray was announced as the third overall pick to the Sunlaws you kind of banged your fists on the table. Is that, can you confirm or deny that? Um, or, or I, I no definitely, or... I definitely exclaimed a word. Uh, I don't know if I banged the table. I might've walked over and hit Lawson a few times. Cause he was at, he was playing PlayStation with actually a uh, star quarterback, Denny, and then uh, your buddy Preston at the time. Yeah. So actually that brings me to the next question here. Uh, you kind of, you spent a lot of time, not a lot of time, a fair amount of time in the pre-draft process with both 
Preston Long and Ray Smith, who would end up going second and third overall. What do you think about them as someone who is a future league hall of famer, who's someone who has, you know, who has played the game for this long, do you think that they're going to be good additions? What's the consensus from Hudson? I think they're going to be uh, pretty damn good. Uh, I think initial worry could when it comes to new guys is like commitment. Uh, I think Preston will be committed because he thinks Bryce is goofy. Um, and he thinks he'll have a fun time with Bryce because he think he knows his team's good. You guys have a good team for sure. Uh, when I had my workout with Ray, uh, he was clearly insane. He was really fast. Um, I think he's going to be a great asset to the Sun Laws. Uh, but I did ask him questions because I was concerned if he'd be committed or not. And he answered everything how I would have liked him to answer. So I think both of them will be elite players. So speaking of the new players this year, obviously there's been a lot of rumors, particularly within the Vipers building between you and uh, your other captain, Matt Yeager, regarding the draft you guys did have. You want to touch on these rumors at all? Are they true? You and Matt on the same page? Is there just a little <laughs> bit of bickering? Um, Matt's definitely a bum. Uh He's very Debbie Downer-ish about everything. And I, I get where he's coming from uh, because the people we've drafted, they're kind of on the quieter side. They're not as involved in the group chat versus where Matt has always been on t- uh, teams where he has like a lot of friends and whatnot, and they're always talking or whatever. Uh, so there definitely is a difference. I'm not worried about it. He is, but I don't think he needs to be. Nothing serious unless you want to trade me someone for Matt. <laughs> uh, which I'm always open to. Um, but no, I love Matt. Unless you offer me like Bryce or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I think we're all good unless he keeps on bitching. What exactly is he, is he complaining about? Is he, is he, is it a worry of commitment? Is it a worry of like how I, good these draftees are? Like what's the, what's his feeling? See, I'm not worried about how good they are. I know that they're good players. Um, I don't know if he knows that yet, but he will find out. Uh, commitment is probably the bigger issue because uh, the group chat isn't as alive as it uh, has been with other teams. Uh, yeah, I don't. There's, I'm not concerned. That's the bottom line. So, let's kind of shift focus to a little bit more of like your side of things you ended up leaving a championship team your first league championship you left Ali Baydoun and the sailors we've kind of talked to Ali given a lot of grief for it <laughs> what's what's your what's your side of it why did you end up uh leaving the sailors in favor of kind of rehashing the uh vipers um you know I kind of want to help Matt win uh Ali got his time to shine uh Posh will help him this year. I don't know how much that will do, but he'll help him this year. Uh, but I think Matt deserves a championship, and I'm willing to downgrade to his team to help him win one. So no hard feelings uh, with uh, you ver- or you and the Sailors, you and Ollie? Or do you uh, kind of have that game circled a little bit? No, nah, man. Ollie, Ollie, Ollie uh, made me pay to get into Lifetime, so screw Ollie. Ali a bitch. Uh, I will I will hold Posh to zero catches. Uh, 
and Ollie will not step on the field that game. So, so you are excited for the Sailors game? Oh, I, I am very excited. It's always fun to the Hudson homecoming. Yeah, sure. We can market it as that. It's what it's gonna be marketed as. Yeah, probably yeah, make a poster and everything. Make a poster of me boxing Ollie. I might ha- just have to do that. Yeah, I might just have to. Ollie's scared. He's been he he he's kind of. I can tell he's scared. So Hudson, as we close out, is there anything else you kind of want to? say uh kind of reiterate about your team going into this year or anyone else's team for that matter um i think it's better not to talk about anyone else's team unless it's ollie's team because uh, i think all these teams are very competitive uh we got a lot of new players a lot of new athletes it's gonna be interesting to see who's good who's not uh i think we were talking about how last year was like the most fair year i think this year is even more fair yeah i'd be, I'd, I'd be inclined to agree I mean, looking up and down at the rosters, it's it's pretty ridiculous the amount of talent. Yeah, you don't you don't want to like talk shit and then you end your team ends up sucking, you know? Yeah, I saw I saw that firsthand last year. Never doing that again. <laughs> so Hudson, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, we're gonna send it to a commercial break. We come back. We have actually Mr. Ali Baydoon live in studio. Oh, tell him I say hi. I will. I tell will him he sucks. Sure. Tell him I'm coming for his head. Hudson, thanks again for joining. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. See ya. Yeah. Hey. It's the thirst, thirstiest time of the year. Yeah. I have just one query. Want a Sprite Cranberry? The answer is clear. It's the thirst. Show now, longtime friend, longtime captain now, Mr. Ali Baydoon. Ali, thanks for joining the show once again. Thank you for having me. So, Ali, hoping to just ask you a quick, uh, a couple quick questions here, and let's let's kick it off here with why with all the jumping around in the pre-draft process. I think that was on everyone's mind. You start out with three, you jumped up to one, dropped down to five, yeah, you dropped down to seven, and then ended up sticking at seven. What what went on there? So. Originally, um, the way I thought with like what the team needed, at least, I was a bit worrisome of where I was at, considering that Evan was really high on needing a QB. And admittedly, I jumped the gun to Logue too quick with the first pick um, when I jumped to one. Thing is, though, after the combine, um, I really was texting Evan and Dante, and I was like, you know what? This draft class is going to be really, really deep. And I'm like, I, I want to make something happen. I feel like I can fall back a bit further, stack up on some extra picks, and really make a well-balanced team, which I think I did. So I did a you know those last two couple trades, and we ended up at seven after the trade at the Vipers. And what they offered me was something that I really simply couldn't resist because I felt like at five at least, I wasn't going to be able to get the person that I was looking at at five, and the person, uh, my other option at five, could have easily gotten to seven. So I moved back got that extra pick, and I just felt like with this deep class, I still made a solid team. So, Ali, it was rumored that with that Vipers trade down to seven, they offered you their entire draft to start out. How did they go from offering the entire draft to to just offering up a first and second round selections? So that's a good question. Um, 
honestly, they would have gone through and given me the whole draft, 100%. The only issue is with the amount of picks that I already had, if I had taken their whole draft, I would have had way more picks than mm. I thought I was legally allowed, legally allowed to have. But on top of that, the issue I had was we're only allowed eight people on the roster and seven to play, suit up and play, uh, if I'm not mistaken. The issue is I didn't want I didn't want to overstock on somebody with the eighth pick at least and more that were pretty good to play and just have them sit down. I felt like I didn't really need those picks and it was just a waste of a pick uh, for those talented players to, you know, just sit on the bench. So you said that uh, in your pre-draft meetings with Dante and Evan Good that uh, Evan's main thing was he wanted a quarterback, right? Yep. So I think you know where I'm going with this next question. Obviously, you passed up with the quarterback in number seven, probably a little too early to be taking one. Um, and your next pick, you know, you didn't take one at 11 or 12 either. You ended up missing out on three of them as Jack Quinga went at, at number eight, Nate Kane went at number 13, and Avery Satterley went at 14. Was there kind of like a little bit of a panic button in your draft room? When you Very. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Very. The only issue is with the Trojans jumping and making a trade mid-draft and such, that kind of screwed me over because I was not expecting Avery to be gone at the 14th pick or Kane to be gone at 13. And I was thinking about Lawson because uh, he had actually reached out to me before the draft. And I was like, that's a solid pickup anyways, only to find out that he wasn't interested during the the draft to play for me. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to figure something else out, you know? I was eyeing Avery for the 15th pick before he was taken at 14. Again, the Trojans trade mid-draft was like, it it had me scrambling. But at the end of the day, I drafted uh, Nick Jaka. I apologize for pronouncing that last name wrong. Yeah, I've been doing that last name forever. I still have a QB on the team. Um, So... That I'm, we have right now Evan, who's uh, able to play QB, but would rather not, understandably. And uh, Vespi also played um, at QB in high school. And he totally offers, like, you know what? If you want, I can run QB in corner. And from what I've heard, that's not a bad choice at all. So is the plan to have Vespi and Mr. Good compete for the QB spot at this point? Mainly, my eyes for, I don't want to release, obviously. I don't want to release, like, my whole uh, game plan. But, um... Right now, what I am eyeing is I want Evan at receiver and Vespi at QB and corner um, just to start out and seeing how things shake up. And then, Ali, one more quick question for you before I let you go here. At uh, Obviously, at number 11 and 12, both, I think, personally, really solid selections on, um, you know, on your behalf. However, the only one that I scratched my head with was number 20, Chris Pernak. It was less so the person and more so who else was on the board. You had Ryan Hines, who had a pretty solid rookie year last year. You ended up not taking him. He'd go two picks later to the Vipers. What went into that decision to take uh, to take Pernak over Hines? I had a feeling you were going to ask me that. And um, that kind of goes back to uh, when you actually asked me about how the Vipers offered me the whole draft. I was already eyeing Hines as well. By the 20th pick, I'm like, you know what? He is there. But again, that 20th pick was my eighth roster spot. And considering how Hines, how well Hines played, I, I didn't want him taking up the eighth spot. And again, some people on my team who already have that I want to play, I don't want them to, you know, again, sit on the bench, one of the, one of the eight just sitting on the bench and not suiting up and not playing because Hines deserves to be playing in every single game. And if I would have taken him at eight, he probably would not have been playing at all unless somebody had to miss a game. And I didn't want him to be on a team where he would basically be like a contingent player. 
I didn't feel like he deserved that. So I just didn't take him. I took a different type of player who, not saying Pernak isn't as talented, but that would kind of fit the scheme more because we already have an overflow of people at the position that Heinz plays as well. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, Mr. Ali Beydoun. Ali, thank you for joining us uh, once again here on the show. Well, I'm sure we'll talk to you sometime before the season starts uh, with the future episode. But thanks for hooking us up with uh, just a little bit of insight into your war room. Of course. Thank you for having me. Ali Beydoun, longtime friend of the show and Sailor Captain, might I add, league champion as well. Ali, have a good one. You too. Dig in her monologues. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, look, a filet of fish just sitting here in my mind being all delicious. Hey. That's my sandwich. What? How did you get in my inner monologue? Doors open. Give it back. Man, get your own invisible sandwich. Any day is a great day for a filet of fish sandwich. And right now at McDonald's, you can get two filet of fish sandwiches for only $3.33. For a limited time only, prices of participation may vary. Now on the show, first overall pick, Mr. QB1, Nick Downs. Nick, thanks for joining us. Oh, how we doing, Jack? It's great to be here. So, Nick, you went first overall. You were the talk of the draft ever since you declared. Walk me through it, man. What's it like to be the number one overall pick? Uh, It's pretty crazy, honestly. You know, I like – after like I retired in college, you know, my uh, long one season of football, I was like, you know what? I still kind of miss the game. So this seems like a pretty cool thing to join. I'm homies with a lot of guys in the league. And then, you know, came to the combine, had a pretty good showing and uh big Sean believed in me. So he traded up and took me at one. So yeah, exactly right. Mr. Sean Mullen dealt up all the way. Number one, jumped four teams in the process Tokyo, now you're a 69er wearing the uh, the green and white. How's that feel? Uh, definitely. Michigan fan feels a little odd, but whatever the team needs, I'll do it. <laughs> so they kind of had an interesting draft, right? So you have some good pieces starting out. They traded for, for Troy Aiken, who you played with on Plymouth football. And then they don't pick again for 24 picks. And then they take Ronald Fendi Fenderson. What's it like playing with Big Ron? Uh, big Fendi, you know, we uh, played back together in Little League, so we got that connection. Um, I actually told Sean to draft Ron because he's a good vibes guy, too. You know, you got to bring good vibes to the squad. So Of course. You're, a big, uh, you're kind of a culture guy, if you will. Oh, oh yeah. He's definitely like a glue guy. You know, one of those guys that comes in, you know, brightens the mood if we're not having a good day. So, so Sean, last year's rookie year, didn't have a very good showing. I don't think he liked the team he was with, didn't like the quarterback he was with. How do you plan to kind of utilize his bigger frame this year, kind of give him some more targets, get him more involved? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, it's um, he's an easy guy to throw to. He's a big guy. He's athletic. He played basketball in high school. So looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I don't really know our whole game plan coming into it yet, honestly, but Sean will definitely be a major part in that. So I can't help but feel like that your team, the Niners, they are a little bit – the praise has been a little under, you know, underwhelming, you know, there's, there's been a lot of hate, a lot of kind of uh, people kind of shrugging you guys off without you guys really playing a game yet. You kind of, you're going to go into this season with that kind of chip on your shoulder. Oh, uh, most definitely. You know, all these guys, you know, Sean tells me all these guys are talking a little bit of smack and uh, you know, it's going to be a rude awakening. I'm going to be completely honest with you. 
I just want to put that out there on paper. So what do you mean by rude awakening? (laughs) I mean, like, I feel like these people, like all these other guys, like, you know, they're talking all this crap. And like the fact that uh, the Instagram poll said that like 30% of people thought we were going to make it to the playoffs. I mean, come on now. I think that's, uh, that's definitely a stretch. I mean, like me and Troy played together in high school, so there's no lost connection there. Sean's an athletic guy. Ben's an athletic guy. Akshay, he played football in high school, so there we go. And then Ronza, the glue guy. I mean, all they got to do is pretty much get open. So uh, I'm looking forward to it this year, definitely. Ron's the glue guy slash uh, your backup quarterback this year. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's, a fun, that's a fun quarterback room. Oh, yeah. You know, we'll get in there, break down some film. Me and Ron, I'll draw some stuff up on the board, make sure his, you know, his football IQ is still, you know, tip-top shape. So in case anything goes down, I might go down with an injury or something. Ron's got to be able to, you know, next guy up, step in there. So you kind of talked about Troy just a little bit. I don't know if you know this or not, but Troy has played all of four games in league, and he ended up coming in and winning the championship in his first four games. Uh, Really just kind of one of those freak-type players, especially when he lines up at receiver. I mean, what's it going to be like having him, man? I mean, you kind of talked about the connection, but like just having someone of that kind of frame and athletic build, you know? Yeah. No, definitely – Definitely a big plus as a quarterback. You know, you like to see guys with a big athletic frame that can run. So in high school, me and Troy, we, we were pretty solid. So I haven't played with him, obviously, in a couple of years. So I don't know if I'm, pr- I'm probably pretty positive that we'll still uh, we'll still be all right. Who exactly are you looking forward most to kind of playing this year when you kind of look at all these different teams? I don't is know. There, is a- there a player or a team? I don't know. I feel like I want to play the Toads, you guys, because be fun. Bryce was really Jones in the trade up to one to get me, so it'd be kind of fun. Um, I think <laughs> everybody will be pretty fun to play against. Honestly, it'll all be good fun. Is there a player in this league at all where it's like it's not good fun? It's like you want you want to go out and beat this guy. You know, like this guy is, you know. I would say, like for me personally, Preston definitely because me and Preston. We've always been going back and forth, like friendly jabs in high school and stuff. So it'll be fun to get out there and play against them. So for a brief moment, there were two different teams before the Niners who held the first overall pick. And obviously you were heavily rumored from the beginning to be the first overall pick, you know, quarterback, very high value position. Yeah. Was there any discussion or did you think that you were going to end up being either a Sunlaw or a Sailor? Well, I know, like, the Sailors DM me on Instagram whenever they traded up for one or whenever they got one, however they got it. And then everybody was kind of ripping on Ali at the combine. And I guess he didn't want me, but that's his mistake. So, and then uh, the Sunlaws, I never really heard anything from them, honestly. So I just kind of went with the flow. Whoever had one, I pretty much just assumed would pick me. <laughs> so, so when you say, when you say that's, that's Ali's loss, you kind of looking forward to playing the Sailors just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like, he said he needed a QB. I guess I uh, didn't show him enough. I guess there are better guys out there, so we'll have to see how it goes. <laughs> that should be that should be a pretty exciting game to watch. Oh, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. So, if you had to guess, right, okay. 2022 summer, how many wins would you say that your team, 69ers, get? How many, uh, how many games are we playing? You guys are playing seven, I believe seven games i would really hope we can win at least five 
five, that'd be probably good enough for a one or two seed. I would really, really hope we can win at least five, assuming like everybody shows up. I know we got to get Troy there, but if everybody shows up, I like our chances. So Nick, how excited are you kind of go out here and throw the football again? Just like, you know, I mean, league is such a unique type of thing. Like you got to be pumped, man. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely juiced. Um, Actually, we at our indoor here at Wit. Me and my uh, my buddy that still plays QB. We've been throwing a couple times a week, so just trying to keep the arm loose, keep the arm ready. Throwing to my my old receivers here, so look, got to get that, build ready. that chemistry. Oh yeah, I'm getting ready. I'm I'm taking this super serious. I'm in the weight room five days a week. I'm throwing at least two days a week. I'm I'm ready to dial in. Ready to dial in, Nick. That's pretty much everything I got for you from my side. Is there anything that you want people to know about Nick Downs or the 69ers or pretty much anything else? Yeah, just, you know, humble swag, everybody that doubted us. I mean, that's going to really suck when League posts that quote at the end of the year with us holding the trophy and your guys are saying we're overrated and stuff like that. I took a screenshot of that poll. I'm ready to post that on Instagram. <laughs> that's, some, that's some locker room wallpaper material right there. We're taking that to the drawing board in the group chat. We're getting motivated in there. You got receipts. I got receipts. I keep my receipts. I know what's about to go down. But it's oh, all good love, God. though. Just all fantastic. Well, Nick, thanks for joining us. We hope to have you on. Oh, oh I'd love to be on anytime. Season. Hopefully a lot. Break down the film. Talk about the games. This is the first of many. Yes, sir. Thank you, Commissioner. Appreciate it. All right. Nick Downs, first overall pick. Nick, thanks again. Yep. Can I try out a few Coke Summer sound effects on you? Yes. Cool. You okay with this? Yes. And this? Yes. And what about this? Yes. Ha! Gotcha there, Thirst. That wasn't sound effects. That was a Coke. I'm no longer thirsty. You're so out of here. Coca-Cola. Open happiness. Now, what sounds like a wind turbine, Mr. Brendo Tardis. Brendo, you good? What's up? How are we doing? Pretty good. How are you? I, I'm, I'm doing swell. So you are filling in for your captain, Josh Gilmore, here today on the show, representing the Plymouth football team. How about that? Oh, wow. Wow. I, I am, I'm honored to be on the show. Thanks for having me. So... Brendo, the Plymouth football team had a very interesting-looking draft this year. So you guys started out with Ben Repay, Caleb Johnson, Josh Gilmore, and then you added to the equation Landon Brenny, Jack Quinga, yourself, and Arian Chaska. What are your thoughts on that overall team? Honestly, we I think we got a we have a tight bunch here. We have a bunch of good guys, hard workers. You know, we're, we're ready to get down down and dirty and grind out the season and produce a lot of wins this year. So I think in particular, compared to other teams, you guys are especially discounted for whatever reason uh, where people don't really consider you as a threat or consider you to really do much this year. What's the mentality like inside Plymouth, uh, Plymouth football? You know, we might not be the biggest or a talented bunch, but, you know, what what we lack in that, we make up for hard work and determination. You know, we're going to go out this year and we're going to fucking get it, you know. We're going to punch everybody in the... So, sorry about that, Jack. Anyway, continue. Yeah, we're dealing with some 
slight technical difficulties. You left off on, you want to punch everyone in the jaw. Yeah, we're going to punch everybody in the jaw. When they try and get up, we're going to punch them again and stomp it in their throat. We're going to win every fucking game that way. So what what is, like, what's the mentality of, like, how many games do you guys aim to win this year? Obviously, you aim to win all of them. What? Give me a number out of seven. Out of seven, we're, we're going for seven. You know, no losses under our belt. Very, very interesting. You guys took Landon Brenny fourth overall. What do you guys think is kind of the uh, – like, what do you expect Landon to do this year? He will be the number one receiver, obviously. But, I mean, he's a pretty special player, no? Oh, he is very special. He's going to be our do-it-all guy, let me tell you. This kid is athletic, crazy. You know, some people, you know, in high school, they peak. You know, Landon Landon has even started his peak. This this is the type of guy who's going to be doing fucking Ironmans when he's 50. Triathlons, all that. This kid is unbreakable, unstoppable. He's going to do it all. What are your thoughts on, on the football team taking Jack Quinga, number eight? He was the second highest-picked quarterback of the draft. Kind of a surprise. You know, from what it seems like, you know, we already had some receivers, Landon, Caleb, Josh, Ben Rupe, and we needed, you know, they needed a quarterback to fill the void. And Jack Quenga has proven himself as a seasoned vet. You know, I played with him last year. Let me tell you, this he's got it. He's got the talent. So, he's yeah, last, last year you were on the Outlaws. You guys ended up being the number one seed. Are you going to, you know, kind of bring some of that mentality into the Plymouth football team as you're trying to kind of shape the culture? You know, honestly, I think we already got a pretty good culture. You know, I don't think we got to bring anything. We just got to show up every day with, you know, working hard and just being, you know, good teammates, which is what we are. We work, we work well together. We're very cohesive. You know, let me tell you, I'm looking forward to getting with the boys and, you know, winning these football games. The Plymouth football team was the only team in the entire draft that did not trade up or down with a single one of their picks. Why do you think that is? Why do you guys, why do you think that Josh and Caleb decided to stay put? They got everybody they wanted. They came in with the guys that they wanted and they got them all. You know, they didn't have to. Interesting. Interesting. Let's, let's talk about the tail end of the draft a little bit. 24th overall, the the team took Arian Shaska. What was your reaction when uh, Shaska joined the I, bunch. I'm glad he's on the team. You know, Shaska, let me tell you, dude's got a hard nose, great football IQ. You know, he's, he's experienced, and he's a hard worker. Let me tell you, bro. Let me tell you. It's a hard-working machine. So when you look at the schedule, right, when you look around the league, all these different teams, is there a certain game or team that you're kind of itching to play a little bit? You know, I think we're just looking to looking to play everybody. You know, we wanna we wanna punch everybody in the jaw equally. We wanna beat we wanna beat everybody. So I I wouldn't say there's anybody we're really itching for. You know, I know people are itching for us. You know, they're sleeping on us, thinking they can hit, they can take us. But you know, let me tell you, when they when they step on the field, we're gonna show no mercy. Do you guys kind of hear that disrespect from the outside that? You know, you're last in the championship odds. You don't really have any MVP front runners to, to begin the year. Is that kind of like you guys you guys hear that at all? We see it, but we don't hear it. See it. It's there. Hear. What does that mean? But 
we're not we're not losing any sleep over it. Interesting. You don't you don't you guys don't care about the media perception. Nope, not at all. Describe the Plymouth football team in three words. Oh man. Aggressive, collective, and relentless. Three pretty big words. I like that. Yep. I like that a lot. Overall, Brendo, what's the feeling like being on the Plymouth football team heading into this year? You know, I couldn't be happier. You know, great teammates, you know, bunch of hard workers. You know, I think we're going to have a really fun season this year. You know, I'm glad to be on this team. I'm happy where I got picked and who I got, who picked me up, you know? Well, Brendo, I'd just like to thank you for coming on the show. I think uh, everyone's a little curious about the Plymouth football team, and I personally can't wait to see what they do on the field this year. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jack. You know, I appreciate you having me on and having a voice for the Plymouth football team. You know, ready to get out there and ready to win some football games. I will be one of the larger defenders of the Plymouth football team this year on this show. Thank you, Jack. We couldn't there ask there for will be more. no slander. Couldn't ask for any more, man. All right, Brendo. Take care, man. Thank you for uh, for joining once again. All right. Thank you for having me on, bro. Peace. My shoulders carry a lot of names. Some I deserve and some I don't. And some that are kind of true. But the only name that matters is my own. One thing my shoulders will never carry is dandruff. That's why every game day before I go catch passes for the Vipers, I use head and shoulders. Joining the show now, everybody's favorite player, Mr. Joe Caselli. Joe, thanks for joining. Pleasure, pleasure to be on here today. So, Joe, let's start out with uh, the question on everyone's mind. How did you personally think that the Trojans draft went? I mean, I'd say we didn't need a lot of pieces to begin with. But we just got very good depth, and we got people that we can rely on whenever needed during the game. How how involved were you in the Trojans draft? Did you and Luke uh, prep anything at all uh, prior? Or did you guys just kind of go, just kind of knowing what you needed? Um. Well, now that I think about it, didn't did didn't the Sailors make a trade like in the middle of the draft? Yeah. Yeah. So now knowing that, I probably would not have made the trade I made with Dylan before the draft. Instead, I probably would have made a trade with Ali during the draft. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, we at least got one of our main players that we were focusing on. And then Peter and Nick Rockefeller, you know, great additions to the team. And I'd say draft-wise, i say Luke made most of the decisions because he was in the the zoom with you guys you know yeah. I have no invite no text nothing but that's beyond me the disrespect yeah well i mean you know i kind of enjoyed it though because I, I got to see the draft more i got to you know think see what everyone else is doing and not really have to worry about much yeah so you kind of talked about the guy that you were targeting i'm assuming that that is garrett guy or you guys dealt up from 10 to 5 to go up and get him what do you think that he brings to the table I mean, I say Garrett's just a competitor. He's an athlete. He played quarterback, receiver, safety on Plymouth in high school. 
and he played baseball. So I feel like, and he went to Plymouth with Ryan and Luke. So I feel like the connection and the chemistry they have is already there. And then it'll only go up from here. And then you also kind of talked about Peter Boyer a little bit. You kind of view him more as a depth piece, I'm assuming, but depth where at receiver corner, a little bit of both rotational. What do you, what do you kind of see him as? Uh, Peter, I'd say Peter is definitely more of a, more of a slot receiver and offense, but on defense, he can play all, all over the field just because of soccer background. So obviously the way that this team was assembled, you guys have your three starting pieces all played in last year's championship. You drafted another piece that was that really, you know, performed well at the combine. This team is built this year to go on a title run. Is that, is that the expectation? Is it kind of like, you know, like obviously every year is championship or nothing, but you guys got to have high expectations for yourselves. Uh, I'd say the expectations are only as big as you make it. So me personally, like as now that I'm in college, I just like to take everything week by week. So when the season comes around, you know, every game, every team we play, it's a week by week thing. And then, you know, if we make it to the championship game, so be it. But right now, you know, we should take it week by week. You know, every week we get better. Every week we improve. So you as a receiver, you go from Cole Fleming as the quarterback to Luke Every. Do you think that your numbers are going to kind of stay the same, improve? What's it like playing with a different quarterback? Um, So I'd say since I have Ryan right across from me, I'd say Luke has, like, the best of both worlds. He's like, me and Ryan, like, we go, you know, we go GVSU and all that. But me me and him, like, we're basically, like, football-wise, we're, like, basically the same person, you know? Like, the only person that could come close to guarding him during the championship game was me. And the only person that offered to guard him, by the way, was me both times we played the Sailors. Just throw that out there. You know, Matt, all of them. Uh, you know, oh, Ryan, you let up all these catches, all these keys on Ryan. Oh, who else wanted to guard him? Uh, I don't think anyone else did. So, but I mean, honestly, my number wise, I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if we just, you know, we switch it up a little bit. You know, we have people playing different positions, certain plays. We run certain options, motion, jet. All is possible with me, Ryan, and Luke back there now. So it'll be, it'll be a versatile offense is basically what you're saying. Yeah, you guys yeah, can kind of spread much. the wealth. Yeah, yeah. Like we can adjust our game plan to like how the defense plays us basically with no problem. You kind of talked about a little thing that I'm going to ask you next, and it's it's the end of your Army's tenure, and it's specifically Matt Yeager. There was a little bit of beef earlier in the offseason. It seems to have kind of settled down a little bit. What was that all about? I mean, personally, going into the season and how the season um, went, and at least from my perspective, from last year to not like two two years ago to last year, Matt definitely fell fell down a step. He definitely fell off a step a little bit. Because if I don't recall, the first year I joined lead, he was like by far faster than me. Like I I couldn't I couldn't really keep up with him nothing. And then like now, he's not even offering to guard their fastest player like during the season. And frankly, he was a liability on defense. I don't care what you say, posh, leader, catches all. He's great hands, great hands. Don't mind, don't, you know, that's, but that's besides the fact. That dude has basically two broken ankles and runs as fast as an old man. And he got burned 
twice in the championship game. So I mean, so, other than that, I don't I don't really know what to tell you, man. Yeah. Because I, I did my I tried doing my part the best I could for the most part. I was always guarding the number one receiver. And I'd say not always, I'd say about 95 to 92% of the time I was on the, the number one receiver of the other team. So, I mean, it's only so much that I could do at the end of the day. So, you kind of texted me after the last Between the Cones you listened to where I asked everyone the same question at the very end. It was a very simple question. And I asked them, who do they believe is the most overrated player in league? And every single person that was brought on to the podcast said that you were the most overrated player in league. So you obviously you heard that. What's the what's the feeling? You have you now have the stage to kind of defend yourself a little bit. So, you know, that was uh, that was pretty funny, honestly, you know, just reading listening to podcasts and all that. But you know, I mean, I just took it with a grain of salt, you know. But I mean, regarding that. So, I mean, everyone can say whatever they want about me, talk whatever shit they want. Bryce can make up whatever bullshit he can. At the end of the day, you take me off the Arnie's, or even the year I was on the Sailors, you take me off the Sailors, they might as well have forfeit every game because how bad they would have lost. Or even last year, you take me off the Arnie's, even against the, um, who was the team that Evan was on again? Uh, the Outlaws last year. Yeah, that was. Yeah, like it was up until halftime. It was a close game between them. And then the second half, we just broke out. And against the um, – when we played the Toads, I, I must have had three or four picks that game. So it's like, I mean, you can, only, you can only talk so much shit. But if you look at the stats and the contribution I had, I mean, you say what you want, dude. But I was always – it was like Jalen Ramsey guarding Jamar Chase or T. Higgins during the Super Bowl. Every play, he was either on one or the two. That's because they were the top two threats that the offense had. And even then, like, they still gave up plays. Like, Jalen Ramsey, I mean, that was a flag. But then at the end of the game, that you everyone saw that play. Jalen uh, fell on the ground, and then Joe didn't have enough time, got sacked. But it's like, you know, I gave up TDs to Ryan, obviously. You know, I gave up that TD to Evan where he caught me with the pump fake. I mean, that happens. But you act like I was giving up more than three TD, more than a TD or two every single game, like, on the average. But that was not the case. So, I mean, I'm just saying, for anyone that wants to talk their shit, picture the Arnies last year without me. They have Ron, Chris, Cole, Matt, Landon. Who is their number three receiver and corner? Ron or Chris? Cole? Like, who? Or so, not even number three. First of all, not even number three. They, they're, uh, for the Arnie, when we played the um, Outlaws, their number one corner, Evan was on me. Caleb was on Landon, and you saw what the fuck happened when Caleb was guarding Landon. I took all the I took all the interest towards me. Evan on me, boom. Caleb fucking got burned for days on Landon. He must have scored him seven times. So even if I don't contribute certain games, I'm opening up the offense even more for the rest of my guys because I'm taking their number one away from anyone except me. So it's like football wise you gotta look at football wise because like, i don't give a fuck you can say what you want about me as a person i don't give a fuck i am so content in myself i do not care at all but football wise half these motherfuckers do not have an iq to actually think the way that a football player thinks but again that's beyond me so so follow-up question because i asked everyone else this the last time that we were on the podcast who do you joe caselli believe is the most overrated player in league 
Hmm. Honestly, I got to say Bryce. Just because last year and the tantrum he threw and the way he made – he two of his teams, he two teams he, he embarrassed. The Toads, he literally quit on them half the season. And we uh, the, the first Gators game, quit on technically. Who? His team last year was the Gators. Yeah. Oh, the gay. Yeah, with the Gators. Yeah, whatever. But who? What was the reason why they got disbanded? Him. Uh, it's because uh, Bryce wanted to add a player past the deadline, and he wouldn't drop it. So that's why there was all those issues. Yeah, but but then yeah. Anyways, after his team got disbanded, all of a sudden he just declares himself the coach of the Outlaws. And what happens in the playoffs? Ninety to like twenty, twenty-eight. And, like, even when he was on the Toads, like, he literally couldn't care. Luca was open so many times, but he couldn't care less about actually playing the game of football. He just wanted to be me, 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 me. See, the difference between me and Bryce, I actually don't ball hog, and I I couldn't care less if I get the ball or not unless we're losing, and I've not been targeted all game, and I see the opportunity. Like, Cole, when Cole Cole was throwing the ball, I love Cole, but I'm sorry, but he he cannot – he does. I don't know how he doesn't have enough confidence to just sling the fucking ball when I have my guy beat ten yards. Like, oh, I don't want to throw a pick. I don't want to throw a pick, dude. You throw it up. I've yet. To, I've yet to be able to prove you throw it up. I will catch it. I have yet for that to happen in the last two years. And that's why on defense. That's why I play. That's why I'm always guarding number one because I know he's gonna get targeted, and that's my that's my um, opportunity for interceptions. So like. So you kind of talked about being one of the better corners, right? You talked about how Bryce is, in your opinion, the most overrated player. Do you have that Toads game circled for when you can go up against Bryce? I have zero game circled because I don't even look at film of who I'm guarding, who I'm playing, because I let the game determine how I'm going to play. So but I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. This game, when we play Toads, Bryce – it will be. He better be ready for a physical game. Are you going to cover him on an island? Oh, oh, uh, yes, by yes, yes. Most the entire definitely. game, you will be covering Bryce on an island. The entire game. Who says it's going to be an island? Who says he's going to get off the line? Oh, I like last time we played the Toads, mind you. When that big play, I was playing. I was like at 60, 70 percent. Literally had a bum knee. I was wearing a fucking brace. And I was, I still, I was still, I let up what two, three TDs to him. Okay, what do you do on a guy with a bum knee, dude? And the one time I pressed him, he flew into the sideline. So like, he's the least of my worries, dude. You see, run, he literally runs like a fucking, uh, literally runs like a fucking chicken with his head cut off. He doesn't even run actual routes. He just fucking runs around in circles and shit sometimes too. Like, that's how you know this motherfucker's IQ is like zero when it comes to football. Even when we play franchise. Come on now, Jack. When it comes to f- football, this dude IQ is fucking barely above zero. So when when you obviously you said you don't circle any games, but is, is there any teams that kind of stick out where it's like, okay, these guys might be a threat? Uh, I mean, you. I mean, you got yeah. The Toads are a threat, obviously, because you got Press and Bryce, and I haven't really seen Press and play before. So, I mean. But anyone else? Vipers, Sunlaws, Plymouth football team, um, Nick Downs and the Niners? 
anyone else kind of stick out to to Joe on or is on Joe's radar? No, nah, honestly, all the other teams are pretty average. Interesting, interesting. Be uh, something to to watch for coming up here. Um, but I mean, Joe, what Arnie's lost like what two games last year? So it's like, uh, yeah, I think like two or three. So, Joe, before we, we let you go here, is there anything else you kind of want to top off or let anyone kind of know about you or the Trojans heading into this next year? Well, to everyone listening, I'll tell you what. Over here in Allendale, a storm is a-brewing. Storm is brewing, huh? Yes, sir. Well, Joe, I'd like to thank you for uh, for coming on the show. We hope to have you on a little bit more, and uh, I'm sure that the you and uh, Bryce beef will will continue, and we'll be right there to cover all of it. Oh yeah, thank you for having me, Jack. All right, take care, Joe. Thank you. Well, then, folks, just like that, that's all we have for yet another edition of Between the Cones. Once again, this is season three, episode two. I can't make any promises on when the next one of these are. We got seven teams, seven representatives. It's about 15-minute conversations. Takes up a large, large chunk of time. But I can guarantee you that by the next time we talk, right here on in between on uh, between the cones, we'll be pretty close to the season, folks. We will be ex- it, it, we'll be right there to cover all the action. You'll be ecstatic. I'm personally excited for this upcoming summer. I'll let you guys uh, know and keep you up to date with uh, all things league. We might drop a couple smaller episodes, like some mailbag type ones, depending coming up here. Anyone who listened all the way through, I'm sure after listening to the, uh, the Joe Caselli interview, I had to turn this uh, entire episode to explicit on Spotify. So that's the reason why it's labeled as such. And just like that, that's all we got. I'd like to thank everyone once again who listened through. These things are a doozy to listen through, but you sure do learn a lot about league, league information. And I like to think it gets everyone a little bit hyped to come out in the field and play this summer as well. Once again, I'm Jack Crum, and this has been yet another episode of Between the Cones. Take care, everyone. <laughs>